0: Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. My name is Mike Haynes, and I'm the Director of Instructional Services at the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District. Today, it is my pleasure to be talking with Lauren Kazee, a licensed social worker, therapist, and leader in the area of youth mental health. Lauren, thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So as we get started, I wonder if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and what led you to do the work that you do. So
1: I am a social worker. Um, I actually often joke that I went into social work because I'm so nosy and I (laughs) like to be in everybody's business. And this was a way I could do that and get paid for it. But um, (laughs) the serious answer is I definitely have a heart for um, youth and for their wellness, their well-being, and want to ensure that they have the best potential for their future. Mm -hmm. So I've done school social work. I've done outpatient therapy. And for the last 15 or so years, I've done contract work at the Department of Education with uh, student mental health, different supports there and projects okay. as well as social emotional learning and um, also a contract with the Department of Health and Human Services, also doing student mental health work. And then I, um, the last five years, I have also worked part-time at Trails.
0: Wow. I'm not sure where you find all the time to do those things.
1: It's all, it's all fun. It's all <laughs> interrelated. So I juggle and make it work.
0: <laughs> so what are the most prevalent mental health challenges that youth face today, in your opinion?
1: So, um, you know, pro- I mean, obviously COVID just wreaked havoc on mm-hmm. all of us in many different ways. And so I would say, you know, prior to COVID, that student mental health was also a predominant issue that we have We're seeing different um, incidences and cases of students who were struggling with anxiety and depression and trauma. COVID just exacerbated all of that. And now we are seeing all sorts of implications for student mental health, really even grow exponentially because of the pandemic We also have seen an uptick in suicide ideation and attempts. And suicide is now the second leading cause of death for youth as young as 10 and um, through 24. And so I think, you know, we've, again, because of COVID, just seen an increase in the amount of um, cases for youth who have anxiety because of isolation, because Mm -hmm. of loss of loved ones, loss of their normal structure and routine, which is obviously coming back into play now, but there has just been a lot of um, negative impact on our youth because of the pandemic, you know, which again, we saw all of these issues even prior to that.
0: Sure, sure. So are there specific risk factors or triggers that can contribute to mental health issues in young people?
1: That is a great, Question? And the answer is yes, there's a ton. Um, there are so many different risk factors that can impact youth. And it's interesting because based on the person, the child themselves, mm-hmm. different risk factors can have different impacts or things can trigger some kids that wouldn't maybe necessarily trigger others. And some of that is based on their own experience or their own ability to cope or their resilience whatever positive factors they may have that are helping them to be more resilient in those situations. But in any case, with any student, it could be, you know, something with family structure, something in the home life. Oftentimes we see school can be a risk factor, sorry Mm -hmm. to say, for kids because of pressures for academics or maybe there's peer relationship issues or bullying or different pressures that they're experiencing. Of course, peer pressure is a huge thing, especially for adolescents. Social media has also been a blessing and a curse (laughs) for all of us and for especially those who are in the adolescent stage and as their brains are developing. There's research now that shows that um, social media can have a negative impact on how youth's brains develop and that instant gratification and that addiction of always needing to get the likes and keep up with the
0: Kardashians
1: and all of those things. Um, You know, violence, exposure to violence and drugs, chronic stress, trauma experiences. There's so many different things that could be triggers for youth that they bring with them to school. Often I talk about, you know, kids bring their backpacks with their homework and their notebooks and their books, but also in those backpacks come all sorts of other experiences that they've had out in the world or at home, in society that they bring with them to school as well that can impact yeah. their ability to, to um, learn and succeed academically.
0: I'm glad you mentioned social media because I've heard a lot recently about that, that the, the studies you're referring to that suggest that that's having a huge impact on mental health and youth. And it seems like the pandemic, the uptick in social media causes or theorized causes, uh, really, it's hitting a peak now at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, right. I mean, we've, everybody's got screens in front of their faces all the time and, um, you know, it does become an addiction and you're right. The research is pretty significant around just the impact that all of that is having on our young people. Um, so it's definitely something for us to consider.
0: So what are some preventative measures or strategies that schools and families can employ to help promote positive mental health in young people?
1: So that's also a great question there, you know, because it can feel really dark and heavy and how do we address all of these things with youth Um, and, you know, not to make it sound too simple, but what I think it really doesn't have to be that difficult outside Mm -hmm. of the fact that youth really do thrive in positive, supportive relationships. And Mm -hmm. so I think when we consider the role that families or schools can play As a preventative measure, that's a key, that's a huge component is ensuring that there are relationships with trusted adults, trusted peers, Mm -hmm. that we are providing coping strategies for young people. And I, you know, it can feel hard for schools to do that sometimes because they are so focused on academics, which is obviously why students are theirs to to learn, Mm -hmm. but there are so many other ways that schools and families can support youth. And that really is ultimately the, um, as you boil it all down, is being able to provide coping strategies and those positive, authentic relationships.
0: Let's unpack that a little bit for schools. So you mentioned schools, and you know, I asked about schools. What are what are some specific things that you think schools could pay attention to that would move the needle on this?
1: Yeah, um, and this is my whole this has been my whole career is figuring <laughs> out how schools can not be that risk factor, but can you know in turn right. be a protective factor for students. So I'm grateful that you asked this question. This is what gets keeps me going every day in my work is how do we help schools to become that safe space where, you know, students, young people are there the majority of their day. And so, um, you know, like like I said, the primary mission of schools is to educate, but I think oftentimes we forget that the people that we are educating are human, and again, Mm -hmm. come to school with all sorts of different experiences. I will just take a pause and say a sidestep, something else that I'm very passionate about is educator and adult self-care in schools as well. And so I just mm-hmm. want to take a sidestep to be able to also say that we've often forgotten about the human side of the grownups in the right. school too. And so to me, when we address the health and wellness of all the people in the building, mm-hmm. that then to, to me ensures that the space that the adults are working and the students are learning feel safe and supportive to, to me, that's the most essential piece of all of this is to, give space for the adults to take care of themselves and then to be able to pour into the youth who are taking care of themselves to think about ways that we can validate the human side, support each other, not just the benchmarks and the academics and moving the needle um, to use your word as far as um, learning is concerned. And obviously that is again, a huge priority, but in order for us to do that effectively, we need to be thinking about ways to support the whole child, the Mm -hmm. whole person and um, provide opportunities for them to to use their voice to feel safe to feel supported in a place that um, you know is positive
0: I'm so glad that you mentioned adults you know staff cuz again I think we all we would agree that for adults to understand wellness and mental health they need to understand what it means for themselves first right
1: 100% absolutely and you know again that is something that I've kind of shifted to you know, I spent my whole career talking about student mental health, but in the last few years, even just started right before COVID, and again, you know, COVID just um, accentuated the need mm-hmm. to think about the grown-ups wellness, and, you know, I often say the whole thing, like, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing about schools, and just ensuring that we're um, considering the adults as well.
0: Right. So your current role involves onboarding new school partners uh, in Michigan and other regions nationwide uh, into the TRAILS program. Can you describe uh, what TRAILS is for our listeners?
1: I would love to describe the TRAILS program. And yes, that is exactly what I do for uh, my job at TRAILS is kind of um, share with potential partners the benefits of the program, so trails is actually started as a tier two program. So for those who are not in education, using education speak, you know, <laughs> tier two is that early intervention for a smaller amount of children who are maybe having some preliminary early experiences around anxiety, depression, trauma, things that could potentially impact their ability to do well academically. Right. And so trails started as a tier two model to provide those who are already school employed. Mental health professionals, so school counselors, school social workers, school psychs with resources and professional development hmm. to facilitate a smaller group setting for youth who maybe need some of those additional support. So we would you know pro- provide professional development for them and then give them the tools and the resources they need to conduct those coping strategy groups to give kids those different uh, mechanisms and skills to help modify or address their um, issues around anxiety or depression. When that was going so well in schools across the state, they they requested that we provide something for tier one, a universal preventative Mm -hmm. uh, model or mechanism. And so we developed a social and emotional learning curriculum and training mechanism for educators in the classroom to provide for all students. So there's 20 lessons Mm -hmm. that um, educators can use in the classroom as a preventative measure for some of these mental health challenges. And then finally, we um, have a tier three at the very top of that pyramid, some professional development for school employed mental health professionals. We also provide uh, training for administrators and community members on risk management for those who are maybe having some more severe issues, Mm -hmm. considering suicide, having some suicide ideations and how we can Connect with community partners. So I went out of order. I started That's with okay. tier two, and then went to three. One and th- then three. But um, that was kind of the chronology of trails. But we have three tiers of support for schools to, um, around student mental health.
0: So I know we have we have several schools in our region here uh, participating in the trails program. Uh, can you venture a guess or estimate how many school schools statewide are involved?
1: Yes, I'm glad you asked statewide, because I thought you were going to ask me for your county, and I was <laughs> grimacing, because I, um, I would not know how to, to guesstimate that. But yes, around the state, we have approximately 700 schools wow. that are using trails, any one of those combination of tiers. So mm-hmm. some do all three, some do you know one or two or three. So um, I would say it's around 700 in the state of Michigan, and we just were um, allocated additional dollars through the state budget to bring Trails to, quote unquote, every school in the state of Michigan. So we're excited to be working with all of the intermediate school districts across the the state to continue to expand our um, reach.
0: Great. Well, we enjoy working with you and appreciate the resources you're providing or Trails is providing our our local districts. Um, Well, what would be one to two things that you would advise schools or families in regards to youth mental health? One of two things.
1: It's hard to narrow it down to one or two. Um, I would say if I had to pick one or two, I would say ultimately that students feel like they're, or youth feel like they're being heard, that they feel like they have a safe space to be authentic, to um, share what their experiences are, that they feel validated. I know it's hard for me with my, children to just want to quickly fix Mm -hmm. and solve the problem and supposed to just letting them work it through themselves and just to talk. And so sometimes that's really what kids need is to feel like they have a safe space to just be themselves and to say what's really going on without feeling like they're going to be judged or fixed or put in a category or whatever. So that would be my main advice to anybody who, you know, families, school, staff working with youth is to provide a space where they, they feel safe to be themselves and feel supported.
0: Great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: Um, I don't think so. I appreciate the opportunity to um, share about Trails and the impact that it's having on youth in their schools around the state, and just to even really think about the importance of student mental health and staff mental health as, um, as you all continue to do great work at Sharm. It's been impressive to see your commitment to doing things in the right way with mm-hmm. um, intention to ensure that students get what they need. So I appreciate you and your colleagues and the way that you all have um, really been thoughtful about moving the needle. To, again, to use your
0: word um, in, this, in this realm with kids. Well, Lauren, it's been a pleasure talking with you about this important topic. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your expertise and passion and for everything that you're doing now and will do to, uh, to promote youth mental health in our state. Thanks so much for
1: having me. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.